Hello everyone, I'm Manny. And I'm Wyo. And this is... The Kink Buffet Podcast. <laughs> we're going to get into this like really cheesy routine of who says what, and then we're going to have to not do it on purpose because it gets routine. <laughs> so we are still in Colorado, and we're still at a hotel, and we're probably going to re- uh, record a, a few of these because all of the... Like, the mountains are on fire. We can't do any of the things we're here to do, so... (laughs) I think we're locked indoors. We'll fill our time making content. Gotcha. So, we were talking about what podcast to do, and this was your idea. Yep. I was just trying to come up with, like, what psychology of kink, you know, BDSM is a a facet of that but there's there's a whole spectrum hence the kink buffet there's so many different things that turn people on and and it ranges from all nearly vanilla to just what the fuck you know why do why does that even turn people on it's almost unsexy yeah and the and the question you were having is like well what what makes something kinky like what is kink or what is the definition of kinky right and you gave me an, a, a really cool <clears throat> kind of scale and uh i think our listeners would really enjoy that so let's talk yeah and i feel like i'm already over talking you on the podcast and it's not on purpose i just have this really adhd nerd brain <laughs> and so you know always jump in when you have something and i'll, I'll, I'll sure. zip it so, well, first off, like, what is kinky and, like, what is a kink? I mean, those are two different things. And, by the way, there's dictionary definitions. That's the the most lowbrow approach to anything, which is, according to Webster's Dictionary, kink is defined as dot, dot, dot. Like, that's right. that's really dumb because within a, a culture, because this is a culture, the way things are accepted trumps what actual definitions there are right you know the, what we agree the word means but this is something that is also subjective mm-hmm. so we're going to have different definitions so feel free to message us and tell me where i got it wrong <laughs> and you won't be wrong in your opinion because it's subjective but well first off when i think of something as someone's kink it, it it's a sexual practice that you need to have as part of your life to be happy Right. You don't need it every day. You don't need it every time you have sex. You don't necessarily need it to get an erection or have an orgasm. But it is a need that if you don't have it in your life, you are missing something. Mm-hmm. It's not a... Uh, I mean, if you're a vanilla, monogamous type of couple, you might have a sexual position you like. But if you never have that... If you're never put in that position again, like you're not going to be losing sleep over it. Or, or pining for it. Right. That's not a kink. A kink is that thing that you, at some level, need for some reason, right? Right. So, but then the question is, well, like, what is kinky? And, I mean, again, the traditional definition, I just said I wouldn't be doing this, but the, the traditional definition is to say anything that falls outside the sexual norm. I don't like that definition. 
Because what is a sexual norm? <laughs> well, that's different for everybody. That's different for everybody. So you're not even, you don't even have a starting place right. for that. So I don't like sexual norm. What I think of kinky is if I'm going to pull back a minute and the reason we have sex and desire sex is to make more people. Biologically, the drives are there. It's the primary function of life Mm -hmm. is to make more people. And by the way, this could immediately get political when you think I'm taking some... like stance religious stance this is not a moral reason i think we need less people and i think sex should be done to not make people far more than making more people we need more parking spaces <laughs> and and i we, we certainly don't have a religious calling on why this but from right. a scientific perspective sex is to make more people so humans continue to exist to pass along the genetic materials yeah. that and the drive for sex is so strong because through natural selection, those with a stronger drive would go through more and be willing to do more in order to have sex, including raising a child for years and years and having to provide more food and do more work and hunt more game and take more risks and all the things that come with it the biological need to make a baby has to be incredibly strong. Right. That's risk and the reward. people that don't, yeah. the people that don't have a strong sex drive did not pass their genes along as frequently as those with a strong drive. So that's a, a core need of what sex exists for mm-hmm. on a biological level, right. not culturally, not socially, but just by bio, biological. I think that anything not necessary to making a baby can be considered kinky. It's the start of the spectrum. It's the start of the of the kink spectrum. Right. Now, holy cow, if I said this publicly at a dungeon and I said, you know, licking your wife's pussy actually is a little bit kinky. I mean, I would just be laughed out of the room. Well, technically, it doesn't <clears throat> pass semen into the vaginal tract where it's going to meet an egg so yeah it actually falls on the spectrum it just falls really really low right but it it, it isn't necessary and what is it necessary for making babies Mm -hmm. now the the way i view this is you know well then like you said it's a spectrum Mm-hmm. There's some things that are incredibly mildly kinky, and they get progressively kinkier. Now you could say, "Well, this is completely subjective. What's kinky? And we're like, well, this seems normal to me, but not to you." Mm-hmm. And it's true; it's it is subjective. Saying something's more kinky than another, certainly elitist, elitists within a kink community will actually feel superior because they're kinkier, and and like you see this stuff, and I mean that's nonsense. But there is a, a scale that I kind of view kinkiness on. And I I already said I have a nerd brain. (laughs) So I kind of view this as if I had a scale of the number 10 all the way down to zero and then back up to negative 10 again. Where is zero? Zero Zero is like penis and vagina sex? No, no. No, this is on the the kink scale. So So the... 
um, the mildest form of kink is not needed to make babies, but it's very close related to making babies. Okay. Um, giving your wife oral sex, you're still touching the part of her body that makes babies. Mm-hmm. You're still stimulating her sexually that is going to likely make her want intercourse. Right. It's it's physical touch. It's contact. It's 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 very closely related to procreation. Mm-hmm. It's just not necessary. But it's not. I mean, believe me, I don't consider oral sex kinky. That's right. that's that's nonsense. Uh, I mean, except on the clinical objective nerd scale. Right. But as you start getting farther and farther away from that, you get progressively more kinky. So, for example, uh, a desire to play with someone's feet. Well, that's less closely related to the vagina or the penis. But you're still talking about physical touch. You still need two people in a room. Um, And, of course, there's the, the, I mean, homosexual and trans is a whole different category. And Mm -hmm. if we touch on that, it's turn political so quick I don't mean that to happen yeah we're but talking bodies we're talking about bodies, bodies. Yeah. but it is still you're still talking about feet mm-hmm. you know um, watching people have sex well you can do that during masturbation but you can do that as a couple it's like not that kinky to watch porn everyone watches porn but it's not necessary right. to, to procreation but it's still fairly closely related you're watching people do things so that, that would be trending up the scale towards 10 from zero well, is that i would say that well that that starts going towards zero okay right so i this is going to seem backwards actually i can just reverse the order in my head so yeah so negative 10 is like the least kinky thing in the entire world so let's start at negative 10 it's it's oral sex it's it's massage mm-hmm. um you know, clothing you wear. You know, why? Well, what are clothing fetishes? Like um, thigh high stockings or lingerie. That's not necessary to making babies. Well, but, but of course, at the same time, you, uh, a woman wears heels and so her buttocks goes up in the air and it looks like she has breathing hips. And a woman wears makeup because her, her cheeks might look more flustered, which is a sign that she's aroused and wants, like, Mm-hmm. So push up bras, <laughs> push up bras, right? Mm-hmm. She's she's able to. She has bigger breasts. She could feed more babies. Mm-hmm. So they're still they're still connected at some you know instinctive level related mm-hmm. to that. So, but then fetish wear, but, which is like maybe latex that looks like an animal or that's completely that would be more kinky because that is farther away from the scale, but it is right. still a, you're still sexualizing uh, the person in some way. Mm-hmm. And like all clothing is still on the body. It's still a sexual thing. So I put that on the, it, it goes from negative 10, it goes closer and closer to zero. Mm-hmm. And when you get up to zero, and by the way, this is getting kinkier and kinkier the closer you get to zero. The kinkier you get is farther and farther away from the procreation part. I keep saying this, sorry, redundant. But when you get all the way up to zero, we're talking about something that's now completely non-sexual. Like if playing dominoes or juggling Legos turns you on, I would put that as a zero on the scale. It's it's actually really kinky because it's not related at all to what we to making babies right. at all. But it's also not anti-sexual. It's not it doesn't push you away from sex. It's just it's an indifference. It's a neutral negative thing. Mm-hmm. And there's there's lots of kinks that would fall into that category, like 
what is this thing? It's not sexy, it's also not non-sexy. It's just a thing that you're attracted to or turned on by. Mm -hmm. That's really kinky because it's not sexual. Now, when you cross that barrier of non-sexual, I think you start to get into things that become unsexual. Mm -hmm. And things that are unsexual are even kinkier because they're anti-sex, which is what makes them kinky. For instance, pain. Let's, let's say, well, just say, we'll start pain. We'll start on the low end of skin, like being spanked on the butt with a hand. Mm-hmm. How in the world could that possibly be sexy? Spanking is a punishment that you, you pick up your toys as a kid so you don't get spanked. <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> you don't want corporal punishment to be in schools because you don't want a teacher to do that to your kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people do want it. But for the most part, like, that's not common in the Western world. Right. It's, a not, it's, a, it's an unsexual thing. Mm-hmm. that makes it even kinkier if you're turned on by it. And as you work more and more up the pain scale, it becomes even kinkier then. So now you're being hit with an object, so the person can hit you harder. Right. Now you're going to be hit with an object, so it hurts even more, and it, it's going to leave marks. Right. Oh, my God, leaving marks, a, a permanent sign of this non-sexy thing, that becomes even kinkier. Mm-hmm. Um, another one would be fantasy. Right, when you fantasize about sex or sexual things, that's not that kinky. But what about if you're fantasizing about neutral things, like the Golden Gate Bridge? There's people with bridge fetishes. That's that's kinkier because it has nothing to do with sex. But unsexy things. What about if you were, let's say, you were molested as a child, like this horrible, horrific, traumatizing thing that no one in their right mind would think was a positive thing that happened to anybody mm-hmm. let's be clear about this but there are people that have empowered themselves by turning that to a turn on so part of their kink is to fantasize or even or even role play this horrific thing that happened to them mm-hmm. and are aroused by it well that's even kinkier than non-sexual because that's a horrific thing that happened right it's a badness and so that goes further up to negative scale and then all the way up to all the way up at number 10 would be the most incredible acts of violence, the most incredible things. And that doesn't, just because it's more kinky doesn't mean it's good. Right. It's just less like making baby kind of It's less like making babies, but then (laughs) it it goes past neutral to unsexy. Right. Harming other people. Right? I mean, Mm -hmm. that's not, there's nothing good about that, but it's on the scale you would put it over there. Right. Because there's nothing sexy about harming somebody else in my book. Not to me. But just because I'm not aroused by something doesn't mean I can't objectively place it on some scale. So, boy, I mean, if 100 people in the kink community listen to this, I'm sure... We're going to get some opinions. Uh, yeah, and, and all those opinions are right. But that's kind of how I, I view it. What kinky is, mm-hmm. is it's non-sexual things that have been sexualized. But you But the starting place is not normal sexual behavior because that's a bullshit term right (laughs) our normal sex i mean normal looks different to to us putting on romantic music and lighting candles that were not dripping on you and (laughs) hugging each other making love missionary position would be incredibly abnormal sex to us Mm -hmm. that would be kinky sex to us so the the point of norm is not that 
I think one of the challenges when we talk about this is that the tendency to say that anything that isn't related to making babies is kinky or just even defining it as something makes it, I mean, plenty of people define that as deviant in a bad way, mm -hmm. wrong, immoral, unethical, un contrary to one's religion. Right. Where we, we believe this is a perfectly healthy expression of one's sexuality. Right. And because, you know, it feels good. It, That's the Yeah. It's, it, 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 like, if you're by yourself or with another consenting adult and it gives you pleasure or gives you relief or satisfaction, then do it. Mm -hmm. Period. There's no, there's no... There's no good reason why you shouldn't. You can't define these things in any other way. Mm -hmm. Who's, who was harmed by what you guys did last night? Nobody? You guys have fun? Yeah? Then what you did was awesome. Period. It, mm -hmm. it, it starts and ends there. It has to in any civilized, reasonable discussion. Right. But you can also agree that that thing that they just said that they should have every right to do that's perfectly healthy is Isn't also it? fucked up. And not something I want to do. A hundred percent. Right. Um, and then, so now the other question is, well, then why are people kinky? Mm. So why, if, if this is all a biological need, like everything I'm saying almost seems to contradict it, well, then why would it turn you on? Like what evolutionary reason could there possibly be for being turned on by this thing that doesn't make babies? There's not. There's not an evolutionary reason for this. Humans defy evolution. We're the only animal that does this. Mm -hmm. You know, survival of the fittest, for example, doesn't really exist anymore when we protect our weakest and we keep them alive. And now they have more babies than the more intelligent people that are progressing the fastest. We defy evolution because of our complexity. Right. And so these things do defy evolution. I mean, I, I don't think in a hunter-gatherer society, kinky behavior gets passed on. People who go around sniffing necks don't get their genes passed along yeah. as much I mean, as... Yeah. yeah, but now in, in this type of society, we have this freedom of, of this to, to actually have these things exist. Well, and we also don't have the pressure to procreate because of the population and... Absolutely. And the cost of raising a family and everything like that. Right, so what, what's probably the case is that these types of kinky thoughts or behaviors are, are going to become progressively more prevalent because it's not squashed by biology and evolution. Right. Now, still ask the question, why though? Why do these things exist? And this gets into murky waters because, well, first off, no one knows for sure why somebody, why is a man attracted to pantyhose? Mm-hmm. But a theory that I like, that, that the one that resonates the most true with me, is there's soft wiring and hard wiring, right? I mean, the plasticity of the brains for a lot of things is that we nothing or m many things aren't as fixed in the brain as they thought it were, as they thought they once were. But there is general categories of like soft wiring and hard wiring. When you're younger, you're soft wired, mm -hmm. which means you can turn out to be wired many different ways. Mm -hmm. The more you get hardwired, the more those things become ingrained and part of who you are. And, you know, a, a really good example of this is, you know, someone that, what, for whatever reason, whether it's biology, whether it's circumstance, whether it's environment, 
if someone is gay when they're seven years old, they're gay when they're 60. Mm-hmm. Like, you get hardwired. That's who you are. Someone who's not into a foot fetish as a child, most of them don't discover when they're 55, oh, my God, this is my thing. Mm-hmm. There's usually some inkling of it early on. Um, you don't, the softwiring, to, softwiring the hardwiring transition does take place mostly earlier in life. And, yeah, <laughs> good job. So, when we're developing in adolescence, and we're developing as sexual beings, from a biological perspective, our desires should be those things that would lead to making more people. Mm-hmm. And boy, this really sounds like something that some crazy homophobic organization can grab onto and say it's not natural and it's like well, who gives a fuck about natural like if people are happy and love each other right that's so stupid mm-hmm. but it could it could sound like this so I, I tread so lightly and I, I just preface it carefully I'll preface yeah. it carefully yeah <laughs> um, but that is biologically what we were built to do right there's no arguing that that's that is science it's essential for the continuance of the of, race of the human race right but there's a lot of opportunity for wiring to take place. Mm-hmm. And that rewiring can take place, in some cases, probably before birth. Like, there are things that people, it's possible things are genetic. Mm-hmm. There's evidence that certain things are genetic and you're just born that way. But a lot of things are also learned. I mean, I'm, I mean, it's, look, it's a, a statistical fact if you interview a hundred women dancing on poles, the percentage of them who are bisexual and the correlation between that and things that happen in their upbringing is too strong to ignore. There is a correlation between environment and sexual behavior. There's no way around that. Mm-hmm. So something and some things happen when people are younger that then wires get crossed in a way that begin to become hardwired later in life. Well, and you and you seek out ways to reinforce those things because they make you feel good. Yeah. They make you feel comforted. They make you feel excited. Whatever whatever the elicits the emotional response, you get the dopamine hit, and then you start trying to get it, more yeah. of it. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of reasons. Like, there's the correlation you can find with these. You know, I've seen a number of, of interviews and read about women who are into bondage mm-hmm. or rape fantasies. Right. By the way, rape fantasy, perfect example of a non-sexual thing. It's completely unsexual. It's on the negative end of the scale. It's an incredibly common fantasy among women mm-hmm. that you would not want to happen in the real world and you believe that people that perpetrate should be prosecuted. Nonetheless, it, it arouses you. It's a non-sexual thing, right? And so, well, where do some of those things come from? Well, uh, there's a a strong correlation that I've read and seen between extremely sexually oppressed religious upbringing. You are taught that you are not allowed to think about sex. You are not allowed to desire sex or like lust is a sin. Mm -hmm. You are not allowed those things, but yet you have this adolescent brain that's going to the biology at age 13 is saying make babies, right? You're Mm -hmm. You're starting to want to, 
have sexual things happen. That's, that's a natural function. Well, if you're tied up or you're being raped, well, then you're not lusting. Right. You're, you're not, not deciding things. You're not, you're not committing a sin. It's beyond your control. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the fantasies, the sexual fantasies can, can evolve in that, in that space. Well, then what happens from software into hardwiring? Well, now you're fantasizing about these things. Well, as your brain is forming and developing, they become more and more wired in. And like you said, you're seeking dopamine hits. Well, the fantasy is a dopamine hit. The orgasm release is also a dopamine hit. But just the right. fantasy alone takes you to a place that our bodies want us to go to. Our bodies want us to be sexual. And that's the only sexual place you're allowed to go to. Mm-hmm. Because you have a chaperone at every single dance you go to at age 15. And you're, you have, don't have internet access because you're going to be exposed to non-religious points of view. And next thing you know, what, where does your brain go? It goes to things you're allowed to go to. It becomes hard work. Next thing you know, you wind up in... in it, it, as, this is a kink of yours. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just... Who you are. It's just who you are. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know if anything or everything I said is complete bullshit. <laughs> I don't. It just seemed like a very comprehensible way to explain it. Like, it's just something that's in simple enough language that yeah. it doesn't get tied up in the what is normal and, you know, that kind of well, and semantics. I think one of the challenges is when people think of something as abnormal as bad mm-hmm. that's where people are fucked up and I'm going to judge people who judge right. therefore I'm judging so I'm one of them <laughs> but I'm judging the people judging you know I think one of the best examples of this that always frustrates me when it comes to these things is you, you constantly hear this debate about is homosexuality uh, environmental or is it genetic and people defend it by saying, no, you're born this way. It's genetic. And, the, and other people say, well, no, it's a choice. And, and then there's other people who say, well, the data shows that maybe most people are made this way. And the frustrating thing about that conversation, and it makes me sick to my stomach, because the people having the dialogue on both sides aren't aware that this is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is when someone is saying homosexuality is you're, you're born that way. They're framing it with the understanding that it's wrong to be homosexual, but I'm born that way, so it's not my fault. Right, they're already starting they're from already, a place of, of... a place where it's wrong. Where it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Where the only discussion of, of... When someone asks the question, is, is gay, are you born that way? Is it vir- environmental... Are you made that way? The only discussion or the, the only thing that should be said is who gives a fuck who you have sex with? Why is that even, other than a scientific curiosity, that's not even a discussion that should be relevant. Right. Because it's starting at a place of, of gay is wrong, but I'm going to defend it with genetics. All right. So the same thing oh. on the kink scale. Like yeah. And so people, yeah, they're, they're trying to defend the kinkness as if it's wrong when the reality is. Are you harming anybody? No. Does it make you feel good? Yes. Awesome. I hope everybody finds things that make them happy and make them feel good. It shouldn't go any deeper than that. Like, it should be a real simple discussion. Mm-hmm. We're making it complex because we're discussing it, because it's fun to talk about things and explore ideas. 
but the moral and ethical part of it doesn't need to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. There's simply nothing wrong with the expression of your sexuality if you're not harming anybody. Mm-hmm. Period. And I'll, I know I've said this four times, but it could be said a hundred more times and it's not being said enough. If you're watching or watching, listening to this podcast and you're turned on by Legos, hats off to you. Go find someone else in the Legos or find a community of people in the Legos. The only thing I don't want you to have with your Lego fetish is for you to be alone. Right. I want you to have human connections. Mm-hmm. But they could be with men, women, transgender. Non-gender. <laughs> non-gender yeah. people within the sexual Lego community. Find humans. Find humans to love and that love you. And accept you. Mm-hmm. And then if playing with Legos makes you come harder than anything else, fucking play with Legos every day. <laughs> that's what you should be doing. Not playing with Legos, that would be the real sin. Right. That's the, that's the only harm being caused is the person who's being denied their kink. Right. This got a little bit soapboxy. I didn't mean for it to sound like that. But, <laughs> but I'm passionate about this because I hate bullies and I hate judgmental and I hate hypocrites and I hate all that shit. Right. I'm, I'm going to defend our community and the people in it. And I'll, I will, you know, you guys have my back. Do they have your back? Yep, for sure. All right, so let's... <laughs> and by have their back, yes, it means exactly what you think. We're already thinking sexual thoughts when we say that. <laughs> Would it be us without that facet? No. Yep. So, yeah, this is great. So do you have anything else to add? I, I well, I want to circle back real quick. Yeah, like, I Do you remember fucking... what... Um, like when you had your realization of uh, that you were kinky or what was your first kink? You know, it was really just when I would see something that fell outside the norm and I'd be like, why the fuck is that making my cock hard? Mm-hmm. Like I didn't understand it. Like I would watch porn and I would go, I shouldn't like that. Mm-hmm. And I was confused by it, and I would, I would turn it off when I was younger, and I would just think, you know. And then, I realized I would search for it later. And so I think for me it was that, and then it was just the variety of things being different, and the psychology. Mm-hmm. I love the psychology, and then it's all tied to the psychology of my partner, and then wanting to put her on a roller coaster and needing to have all these different things that I could put on the roller coaster. I mean, it's for it to be fun. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've said this and you know this about me. I don't have a kink other than variety and the, and the role, the psychology of the role plays, which is based upon variety. I don't have a fetish mm-hmm. per se. It's a, it's a, my fetish is this community mm-hmm. as a whole. Just being alternative. Yeah, anything other than... Remember when Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis had sex in Top Gun? <laughs> I, I I would rather be Goose dying being ejected from the fighter jet in that movie than have sex that way. <laughs> like, seriously, like if I had to choose, I would have I would have rather been Goose than Tom Cruise in that movie, even though he, he lived and got to show up Val Kilmer. Right. If that's the way you have sex, I would die. <laughs> I never thought about that before. Wow, I just took a shot at Tom Cruise on your podcast. <laughs> on your podcast. But it's true. That's 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 a life not worth living to me. What about you? 
I specifically remember, well, I grew up watching like Looney Tunes and stuff like that. So there was always like a bit of pain stuff happening, you know, like I always enjoyed watching people getting hurt on like America's Funniest Home Videos or something like that. I I think it's funny. I've always kind of been drawn to those things, but the most specific moment I remember about like feeling aroused watching something is actually the scene in Star Wars where Jabba the Hutt has Princess Leia chained up and that's her slave garb just the way he pulled the chain and handled her like that was the first time I remember thinking wow that was hot yeah you and every boy in America <laughs> well, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, and what well, you said, even the, and and again, this is not part of the traditional kink community because rough sex, mm-hmm. but it is according to these definitions on this podcast, anyways, is is kinky. You said you had a rough sex experience when you were younger. Yeah, that what happened? Um, well, that was a a partner that was just. After the first couple of times we had played together, it was just a little bit more um, commandeering as far as, like, I was giving a nice blow job and then, you know, the hand in the back of the head and, you know, kind of just took control of where I was supposed to be. And so that kind of, that was the epiphany of, like, there is something really different about the way I enjoy sex and I started to look into it and trying to figure out what that was. All right. What about now? What about the, your first time in, in the traditional kink community? Like the first time you went to a dungeon or a munch? Um, that happened more upon my, after my long-term relationship had um, gone away and I started to seek out, I, I went back looking for the people who do other things like this because I had found I you know I was separated now and trying to figure out myself and and I knew that going back to the same thing wasn't going to work I'm not going to go look for the same kind of partner that I just broke up with so I I started to look for um munches in the area and found found the people and then the exposure just went through the roof after that there was so much to, to see and do and oh, yeah. the education available oh, God, yeah. in the, the area the first so. time i went i went to thunder up in denver mm-hmm. was my first exposure firsthand to the community mm-hmm. and it was god it's a mind fuck it's a kink buffet boom, boom, boom plug <laughs> but the interesting thing about it that i realized was that I saw the people in the play space playing. And one of the things that just hit me really hard, I mean, it's 20 years later, and I still remember this moment, is there's all these different people playing. It, it, for those of you who haven't done it, it's like you'll have at some of these events, or all of them, an open play space. And anybody that wants to can get a 10 by 10 space, 10 by 20 space, whatever, where them and their partner or partners can go do their kink. Mm-hmm. And they'll do it in front of everybody. And it's this fantastic thing because... 
number one, you know, if you're an exhibitionist, you like to be watched, but also you connect to other people who are into the same thing and you compare notes and you talk and you're surrounded by people that don't judge you and you get to show off your skills or mm -hmm. your toy. Like there's, I mean, it's just, it's a really cool environment. It's super healthy. And if, you know, if you don't like something, you just walk 10 feet to the next thing and you know, you'll like that. And the scene's completely different oh, over God, there. Yeah. yeah. And I remember like seeing everything from a, a woman being just taken down and just had the shit beat out of her by these three guys, like in military outfits that they chased her through the middle of the room, like the doors of the room opened up and she comes running through screaming. We thought it was real at first. <laughs> and then the three guys in military garb chase her down, tackle her in the middle of the thing and just beat the fuck out of her. <laughs> and I, you know, I, um, um, upon getting to know people, that wasn't their fantasies. They didn't have a beat up a girl fantasy. That was her. Mm -hmm. That's what she wanted. Right. She wanted to be prey. Pursued and, take, pursued and taken, taken down. down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was what she wanted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see the most extreme things. Like I saw a, um, a woman carving another woman's back with a razor blade and mm -hmm. lots of blood. And, and they were sitting in a kid's pool. And, and I saw these really, really, really hard things. And of course, there's also people just up on the cross being whipped and stuff like that, and mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, people yep. dabbling with the, the, the with the violet wand and you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I also saw this one man standing there with his wife, and she was just standing there naked, a lot of people, a lot of nudity, and he's putting clothespins on her, and I watched them for a few minutes, and I was watching them, and I just thought, that is a horribly abusive relationship. Like, everything about what I was watching was wrong. Even though half the things in the room were, like, exponentially more intense and painful, that, that one was different. I could tell it was different. And I'm not judging people for their kinks. I'm saying that the vibe I got, and I believe in trusting our instincts in this, was that this is not a healthy relationship. She does not want to be here. This is... It's abuse. This was abuse. And the person next to him could have been doing the exact same thing with electricity and it would have been hot. Well, and it could have been anything, right? Like she it, just it, didn't feel well that day or... It could have been anything, but I just... No, I... I you know, boy, and of course, you, oh, it's a, let's get more feedback. You can't judge people at a glance. It's like, no, mm -hmm. I think our instincts are... are I, I believe in listening to our instincts. It was wrong what those two are doing. And... Even if I judged it wrong, that's how I viewed it. And one of the things I realized was how much I believed in the efficacy, is that the right word? The ethics of the community mm -hmm. and the consent and the positive and the positive body image and, you know, hurt, not harm and being risk aware and being responsible and all these things that it really keyed me into the difference between healthy and unhealthy. Hmm. I guess was the big thing for me. That was a real long way of describing it. But when I realized that I'm that all the kink I'm into is centered around a healthy expression of sex. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing I like to watch and the only thing I like to, to participate in. So it had to have that underlying thing. Like it had to be a positive. Mm -hmm. If we play with someone, they need to be better after than they were before at the very least it can't be worse right it has to be a positive experience or else i'm not interested and you're the same way 
Right. Right. I mean, it, it's just... If it's a, not fun, it's not worth doing. Yeah. And by the way, it can be fun to, to have something that's not fun. Not fun can be fun also. <laughs> something, <laughs> something with a cathartic... As long as we're... Something with a cathartic release right. could involve some not fun along the way, but, but it's, it's for a ultimately positive reason. Right. So that was, um, you know, my, my introduction to it was that, but then I, I did start to separate the things I like and I don't like, starting with that. And then, of course, same as you, mm-hmm. there's things that just didn't turn me on. I was fascinated by the girl carving the other girl. I, I'm not into it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to do that to you. It just, it doesn't arouse me. Yeah, I love watching those scenes too, but yeah, the blood play is just not for me. Yeah. But that doesn't mean... Well, what's that... funny is, is you very much enjoy some types of pain that can be far more painful than... Or at least as painful as that. It's not about the level of pain that's there. It's, it's specifically about the the blood for you. Mm-hmm. Blood doesn't do it. Right. So, you know, and again, that's so fucking kinky. <laughs> because it's so far across the scale... Mm-hmm. That's really high up on the negative scale. Someone carving something in someone else. Right. It's painful. It's permanently marking them. It has nothing to do with procreation. It's it's the thing that you would do to get a terrorist to confess and tell you where the bomb's hidden. Like it's <laughs> it, everything about that's not sexy, mm-hmm. which makes it super kinky that they find it sexy. Right. So I'd love to hear from the listeners. What's kinky to you? Yeah. Leave us comments. And feel free to tell me that I'm wrong. Well, I'll, we'll address those comments. And um, there, well, there's no right or wrong. But mm-hmm. tell me where you think I got it wrong. I'm, I'm all ears. I love to hear different opinions. It's what makes this world so interesting. Mm-hmm. And all the flavors of the kink buffet come. No, to... another plug. <laughs> That's part of it. It's all the scale, and they're all. They're all okay. Okay. As long as they're between consenting adults that are enjoying what's going on. Absolutely. Until next time. Bye.